All right. Good evening. This is the Marinoff podcast, and my name is Ben. I am Brian. All right. So we're continuing on our conversation, which we started uh, last week, and we're talking about the Messiah. Um, and so for the sake of this conversation, is this, we're getting like what, like a week out until Christmas? Um, Somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah. So I just thought it would be, be good to jump into um, the really jump into the kind of get into the story of and you really go have a conversation about the prophet Isaiah and some of the really significant prophecies that um, that were a foretelling of this of this coming Messiah you know and to sort of start, I think one that um, one that's commonly well known is as Isaiah seven fourteen. <clears throat> Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign: Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name. Emmanuel. So, you know, as I was preparing for this and as I was look, looking over Isaiah and really grasping where, what the, you know, we look at the history of this part of the book, you see that, you know, uh, Israel's king of the time. Right, so they there there's an impending invasion by Assyria, and basically their king at the time has made a because he doesn't fully trust and fully rely on God basically. So he he makes this deal, right, to protect really himself, but also to protect you know the land and and protect the nation of Israel, and um, you know. God basically tells them, ask me, and basically tells him to put him to the test. He says, ask me, and I will give you a sign. And he, and he hypocritically, you know, he goes, no, 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 I'm not going to ask anything of you because, you know, he, he didn't truly believe. And, and so in that moment, there was this prophecy about this you know, about this coming child that would be born to a virgin. Of course, we know that that is the Christ child, Jesus, you know, who would come, what, some, you know, um, I don't know, someone say about 600 years later? Yep. About that, that. Right? Yeah. So, you know, but then as we, you know, as you navigate through this, book of Isaiah and just everything that basically there's like 400 years, you know, because after, you know, between like the exile, between when they're, when they go into exile and between when they're, when they're sent home from Babylon, there's like a 400 years of just silence. And then, you know, you have, you know, you have the Greeks, you have Rome. So there's just this cry for, a king 
king. There's a cry for the this long prophesied Messiah, this king who would come in and just kick out all of Israel's, you know, all of uh, Israel's enemies and, um, you know, but it it's you know it's really it's really significant because you think about you think about just that sense of hopelessness mm-hmm. right and then that sense of that that the uh lamenting out to god right they're like crying out to god like why well you know are you truly there are you truly listening to us have you just have you forsaken us because i'm sure in the eyes of in the eyes of just all you know just all the people that they that he's basically just turned tail and walked away which wasn't wasn't the case but that but i could i can understand how you would perceive that you know especially given the circumstances but you know so as we you know as we get into this life this thought it would be good to kind of to start here and then to work our way into the actual you know like because there's only two there's only two accounts actually given uh, actually given uh, in the gospels and that's in Matthew and Luke you know but they both are just there's just such a profoundness and just a powerful realization of that king uh, you know that king and that messiah coming to the world and they all have they're from obviously different perspective matthew was an actual disciple of christ and that and he was a jew so he was writing from you know he's driving from a different perspective and you know he was right he had a different purpose well not not so a different purpose but he he was writing with a different intent than maybe luke because luke wasn't a, he was a gentile and he his was a more of a historic record Mm-hmm. But with that, do you have anything? Uh, do you have any thoughts, Brian? Well, I think it's I think it's important to point out that you know, like you said, during during that time of Isaiah, that you know they were on the cusp of being overtaken by Babylon, you know, and ever going into exile again. And it it's funny how you know right there, like you just said, he he said you know the. He, he said that Jesus, you know, the Messiah was going to be born of a virgin. It, it's still like, hey, you, you look at it from history and hindsight's 2020, but you look at it and God's basically saying, look, this is going to happen. You guys are going to get taken over. Like, this is basically a punishment. Like, this is, you know, because they go through, the Jewish people went through a series of following Jesus or following God and then, oh, never mind. And then, He'd punish them and same thing, you know, it's back and forth, you know, the kids are doing good. The kids are doing good. Like they're supposed to everything's gravy. They get a little bit out of line. You have to discipline them, right? Got to discipline them. Well, this was, they were going into a time of discipline, but still just like a loving father would, he's like, but I promise you this, here's the hope. Here's the great hope and the greatest hope, right? Here's, here's complete and utter 
reconciliation. Here is me upholding these promise, this promise that I gave to, you know, Abraham many, 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 you know, years ago. This is a continuation of that. And it's the ultimate fulfillment of me keeping my word, like I said, I was going to and showing you that I love you no matter what, that you're still my chosen people, even though I'm disciplining you, just like you love your kid and you're giving them a whooping or whatever, you know, you're not doing it because you dislike them. You're doing it because I love you and I want you to do right. I want to instill in you that desire to do right, to do good, to do love, to do or to love, to do the things that you're supposed to do. He's doing that. But at the same time, he's like, but this is my ultimate inheritance for you, right? This right. is the ultimate like show of love that I've got planned for you. Don't take this discipline and think I've forsaken you when in reality, like this is me saying, no, no, no. I love you so much that I've got this in store for you. And I, I think, I think it's important to look at it from that perspective. Right. And yet again, like we said last, last week, I, you know, he, he's not done with his people, even to this day right now, you know, what is this? It's December 14th, 2020. He's not done with his people. Right. And see that like what we were talking about, there is this something, man, this is, it's awesome, but there is a, there's a, there's a clear joy and a clear desire for his people to know to know Christ as as what he rightfully is, right? He is the Messiah that is meant to not only bring salvation to first, I think first and foremost, this is something that I've kind of came to me over the week, but the intention for the nation of Israel was to be a light to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't really, they did not really fall. You know, obviously that is something that they time and time again did not basically do. Right. I mean, that, that just didn't happen in the beginning, but, but there is this, but Christ as a Messiah is going to bring salvation and bring restoration to the nation of Israel. And they'll see him as their, as that Messiah, as that King that they, that they, that they, they cried out for, for so long that so many, you know, so many rabbis and so many, just so many are crying out for still. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's this, that just disconnect. And there's a, like I said, there's just a clear desire and a clear joy for, for Jerusalem and for his own people. And there's mm-hmm. nowhere in scripture does it ever give the impression that God is ever fully done with the nation of Israel or he's rejected them or Christ has rejected them and he's going to come back and destroy Jerusalem. That's, that's the opposite. It even, it even says in Revelation is going to rule his kingdom is going to be in a restored jerusalem but jerusalem so you know that is an important you know that is one thing that really we need to take to mind when we look at the messiah christ i 
you know, Jesus. And because we, I think for so long, we've taken away, I think so long we, there's been so much of that, of his identity as the Jewish Messiah that has been taken out of our modern day Jesus whereas we need to I think it's important for us to see him in that light because like I said he's going to restore the nation of Israel restore Jerusalem and make them that beacon of light to the rest Mm -hmm. of the world so you know and we're talking about you know the child you know the child being born and um you know like you look at you know skip a couple chapters and go to isaiah 9 right well what does it say it says the 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 second verse is the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light you know and that just right there i mean so the nation of israel the people of israel the jewish people I mean, you think throughout their the entire history of they've they've pretty much only known persecution, mass genocide, and mm-hmm. just and just wandering, right? Right. Yeah, they're going to they're going to see a great light. They're going to come out of that hopelessness mm-hmm. and that darkness, and just you know the the whole chapter the the well not the whole chapter but this the prophecy about the the i guess the more detailed prophecy about the child being born calls him you know calls him the prince of peace calls him uh, the wonderful counselor and it's just you know it's just an awesome prelude to what's to come mm-hmm I also think it's interesting that a lot of times that you hear Jesus speaking, whether it's just to his disciples or if it's snippets of like of him speaking in different synagogues or in the temple or whatever it may have been. A lot of times he's reading from the scroll of Isaiah, <laughs> right? Right. It, that should show the amazing qualities of this particular book in the bible i mean all of them are amazing but for someone 600 years prior to someone else's birth to be able to say all of this make all of these prophecies and then every every single one of them become fulfilled in one person i mean if if that doesn't show you that jesus christ is the messiah like I'm not sure how I would ever be able to show you because like there are so many things that were prophesied that Jesus had to fulfill and had no control over them being fulfilled. I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't get to choose where I was born. Right. right. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I didn't get to choose whether my mom, I mean, we, we don't our, we don't get to choose the, even mothers don't get to choose whether they're a virgin to give birth because that's just not possible so but I mean even that like come on man seriously like right 
it's just it's one of those things where it's like if that's not proof enough for you then i have no earthly idea what could be well you know you know like i was you know when we started i was talking about the gospel of matthew and luke and something as i was kind of going back and forth something that struck me is and so in matthew one and the when he is giving the account of christ's birth he one of the portions so he talks about joseph right he talks about mary and joseph and basically that so that she was she'd been she was pregnant well Mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't by it wasn't by him right obviously it was by it was by the whole it was by god by the holy spirit but it wasn't in a cultural sense things it would have perceived as being very 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 bad the point where you know she could have she would have been casted out maybe even stoned i mean there was a lot of implications and so you see the struggle and i think this this struggle in his heart where he he loves her and he you know doesn't want he doesn't want to put that he he wants to continue to stay married he doesn't want her to be basically a Jezebel I guess so to speak of the you know you know society so but then he's visited by the arch really I mean it, it even says he's visited by an angel but he's visited by um I, I know it I think it's Gabriel you know and I think most translations that's who it is comes to him and said basically tells him that you know don't leave her don't you know that this is what this is what is happening this is what the child that she is bearing is good right, right. Like, so basically and you know it's really as you look through this you know he um You know, and then like basically he's asleep, and so then he's having he's being told this. He's being has a prophetic visit, mm-hmm. and told you know this child is going to, basically like the recount of the, of the prophecy from Isaiah chapter seven, and but he basically learns that this is going to be the Messiah, the branch of Jesse, the descendant of. His own descent, so he was also a descendant of David. So it was gonna be a descendant of David that was going to come. And then when he woke, he immediately did as he did it even says he did as he was commanded. Yep. You know? And you see that same, you know, if if you go to Luke chapter one and you see the count of Mary. And her, you know, when she's when she's visited by, when she, when she has her own visit, and he tells her, "You're going to basically, you are going to be the mother of the King of Kings. You're going to be the mother of the long of the long-awaited Messiah." Mm-hmm. And there's just this, and she, and she outright just says, "Cool, 
I mean, basically, yeah, she's right, like, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, right. I am. Whatever you say, I'll do it. Cool. Right. And I am your servant. Use me as you will. And it just was. And I think this is something that is when when you're when you're going over when you're going over the Christmas. I guess you call it the Christmas story, the story of Christ's birth, right? Something that's missed is that they are they are both fully obedient to God, right? Joseph basically just gives up all. I mean, he he, he was ready. He was ready to just get rid of her. Yeah, yeah. Not in a mean way, but he was right. just like, yeah, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna back away from that. Right. I never thought about that. I, I've never saw yeah. it that way. So you just said that. I'm like, yeah, he yeah. just, he just kind of like, okay, cool, sounds awesome. Yeah, and then you know, but just with the pull of them, they're basically, they basically follow where you know, I mean, you could, they could have been like, oh, nope, that doesn't sound like. And just like, no, oh, I don't want to raise, I don't want to raise a kid that's not, that's not technically mine. I don't, and then she could have like, I'm not going to let my body be used in that way. But she, there's like this pond serpent, there's this pond, bond servant, bond slave, and I think mentality between the two of them that's often overlooked, whereas they are fully ready to accept what god has called them to do and to think what you know you think about the other side of it well if they you think about the the what was coming mm-hmm. right so she was she was going to have a child who was who was destined to be nailed to a cross to be, I mean, just to go through how even just a, just be mocked, flogged, hung on a tree of wood. But then also three days later, rise again, conquer sin and death with the full intention of returning to make what was wrong during the fall of, you know, by Adam and Eve and inside the Garden of Eden to make that right. And just thinking about, like, what kind of pressure do you think you would have on you knowing all that and then going back, like, as them and reading the book, reading the scroll of Isaiah, reading the book of Isaiah and hearing that stuff and going, Oh wow, hold on. Like this is this is my kid. Hold on. Right. Like, what kind of pressure do you think you'd have on you? Like, I can't imagine that. Well, then you know, you also look at it like you also then what happened, you have like King Herod, you have you know, like Herod who is just just insanely power drunk. Mm-hmm. Like, right, like he was not only that, but he was basically like a he was in he was installed by Rome. Mm-hmm. He was a he was a puppet of the Roman occupation, basically. So, and then he heard about this, right? He's like, "Oh well." He, he then this comes to his attention. Well, he doesn't. He's not going to let anybody else become king of anything except for him. 
Yep. He will. He doesn't. He's not going to share any wealth, power, position. He's nope. So what does he do? Just goes out and does a mass genocide. Just, mm-hmm. just because if he, you know, he hit born right through here. Just yeah. kill it. Cool. And you know, like it's not like he could go pop on, like go jump, jump on his iPhone and like ask Siri, "Hey, show me the Messiah," right? <laughs> or like it, so his. His, by his insane, twisted, demonic logic, was I'm just gonna kill a bunch of, uh, kill a bunch of uh, newborn babies, baby boys, and hope that I get the right one. Yep. Right. And that was, but you know, and also what's really powerful, and when you, when you look deeper into it, is you have two, so. You know, there's two other, two other, um, I guess, points in Matthew and Luke, whereas you have the, uh, what we commonly know as the wise men, right? And but in reality, um, from a historic and uh, archaeological uh, standpoint, what's what's widely was what's been widely, uh, I guess proven and discovered is they were more more likely they were Jewish uh, sages right they were I think magi would be another word Um, but you know they were brought into Herod's court which wouldn't make total sense because he is a he himself is a Jew he's a king Mm -hmm. He's going to have first. He's going to have Jew, not that you know. He's going to have Jewish, like a Jewish presence of sages and different, you know, different around him. And so he called them in and say, "Hey, go out and find this newborn child." Because obviously, his mass genocide didn't work. So his next step was to have these guys go out and basically say, "Hey, you're going to go out, find him, bring him." bring all this stuff with you present his gifts and you're going to bring him to me so I can worship him too well they saw that he was they saw that he was insane mm-hmm. and but they also I think they they knew that what this child represented what he was what he was going to do and so obviously that they did not do as her requested then you look at um, the shepherds in the field which is which is really um you know you think about uh, they were out guarding their sheep in the middle of night outside bethlehem Mm -hmm. and and i think from a culture standpoint shepherds were a pretty low bar job right they They weren't they weren't widely Pole. Like right. a, I think they were just barely above lepers. Right. So you think about that they were, I guess they're out in the field and then they get just rocked. I mean, I think there's no really no better word for it. They get rocked by the by the proclamation of hey, the king is the you know, your king is being born. Your your true king is being born. And 
they did, and I can only imagine what that was like to see that and just have the whole heavenly host just just crying out and just giving them this news and then of course they they just race off to Bethlehem and but you think about that to me is what separates the the king the king and you know the king and the messiah that we follow from all other systems because you like you said they were they were they were low bar mm-hmm. you know like they weren't pharisees they weren't rabbis they weren't religious leaders of any stature so you're telling me that the, uh, the heavenly host yeah right so you're telling me the heavenly host came to came out to these guys to mm-hmm. that he, that they, he that they proclamated that they told them this good news and you know it's like i said like to me when you really re- really read into both matthew and luke and you really read these accounts and really re- really meditate over them and really just get that just get that reality of there's it's not that there's not that there's inconsistencies or that they're different it's that they're told from like i said from different Different perspectives different points of view right and so you know but they both tell the same thing they both it's that Christ was from Nazareth. He was born of a virgin. He was born in Bethlehem, or yeah, born in Bethlehem. And you know, like you said, I think a lot of people, there's two things I think that stump people when it comes to uh, the Christian faith. One would probably be the virgin birth. Mm-hmm. And then the most the, and then the second most significant one would be the resurrection because those are two things that we as human beings and we can't fathom. Oh, you're this virgin gave birth. That's not that's not possible. Or or Christ rose from the dead. It's not possible to resurrect the dead. But one thing that that so many people don't understand is that all things are possible through God, that God is the one that makes things possible. He can do what he wants to do. Yep. And he, and a large part he does, right? He, he, he has he, a, he's a supernatural God. He does right. supernatural things. Right. That's just how it works. So if it was just normal, natural things, he'd be a natural God who does natural stuff. But, He's not so <laughs> right. I mean, he, you know, you, you know, we talked about, I think last time we talked about Genesis 3.15 and we, mm-hmm. I'm, but just look at Genesis as a whole, <clears throat> look at the, the creation. He created everything out of just nothing, the right void blackness. Well, you know, we would, say that's impossible yet we say that the universe was created 
was just created itself basically like oh just there was an explosion bang. yeah nothing nothing exploded it's like <laughs> right you know but it's the same logic of well i'm gonna put this firecracker on the ground i'm gonna stare at it and unless something really freaky happens it's not gonna blow up <laughs> it's not gonna blow up in front of me right? right and but see that goes back to you know all like i said all things are possible with god like you said, he is a supernatural god. He is, he, he created life. He created everything. Everything that every supernatural event in scripture is not, we, without, you know, without, we would not view that as possible if we did not have faith in him right because mm-hmm. i've been on the side of the fence for for a long time right i had i struggled and like it wasn't the historical part of it that i could struggle with it was the supernatural part of it because the historical part of scripture you know the it has been validated for centuries through archaeology and just countless discoveries, but then it's the super, it's the supernatural part of it, like the, like, like this child being born to a virgin, that that people struggle with, and you know, I mean, it's just, it's mind-boggling, you know, I guess is a good word to use. That's a very good word to use. <laughs> so as, you know, I mean, as we near this, you know, as we near Christmas and, you know, as we which really for, you know, really for a lot of since the fourth century, you know, because I want to be clear about something, and this is something that I've really come there. Scripture doesn't tell us that Christ was born on December twenty fifth. That Correct. is that is something that goes back to the to con to the Emperor Constantine in the fourth century. I mean, it, it, it yeah, it's, it's right in the name, right? Christ mass. Christ, Christ mass, right. Mass. Right. And, um, but in reality, and this is, and if you, and not spend too much time on this, but if you research it, actually uh, largely it's been traced to more, most likely Christ was born in the spring, born in early autumn, which would make sense. Cause like we were talking about the, shepherds out in the field they ain't doing that in the winter no you know that's something they've been doing when it's basically the season there's a big mass census going on where all these people have to go to jerusalem they're i don't believe the the heads of the jewish people are going to ask all these people to travel in the middle of winter either right well then also i i believe so and i think that as actually falls under the time of Hanukkah, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so then, you know, like you just think about, and that's why it's important to look at scripture also in the lens of a cultural point too, because then, then you understand more about, you know, if you understand about, uh, about uh, the customs and about the, you know, about the way things were in that to the, for the Jewish people yep. during that time, then we, then we, and that's why it's, it's really important to really not look at scripture one sided, but to also look at it from a cultural, geographical, just look at it from, from several, dig- several different vantage points. It's a Jewish book written by Jewish people about the Jewish Messiah. Yep, exactly. You can't put it in, you can't read it and try to put it into an American context or a European context or an East Asian context or an African context. It is a book, it is a Jewish book written about Jewish people by Jewish people about the Jewish Messiah. I mean, it, it's you have to put it in that perspective. And if you take it out of context, that's where you start getting into the danger zone. That's where you start getting into replacement theology and all this other stuff that pops up that tries to detract us away from the fact that we worship a Jewish Messiah who was crucified, slain, and resurrected. Right. That, and also, you know, I heard something really good. So our uh, pastor from our church said something he said if you stop so you know like i feel like a lot of people they kind of stop at like the christmas they stop at like the birth of jesus and like okay like i'm good right i don't need to go any further but he said you know if and he may have been i can forget he may have been quoting from somewhere else but he said um if you stop at if you stop at the christmas story if you stop at the birth of jesus it's like you're it's like when you look into that side of it's like when you read like the you know when you when you're trying to like you're trying to like read a book and you open and you read like the little, like little like synopsis part of it that tells mm-hmm. you what the book's about then you're like right, i'm good and you close it then yep. then you don't go back to read the whole story because that's just one it, don't get me wrong it is a very there would be no crucifixion there would be no resurrection there would be no future coming of this triumphant king into zion if there had never been a birth so mm-hmm. it is very important you know but then I, I think at the same time we need we need to we need to look at it from it is it is really just a the start of the story of restoration the story of redemption not you know, like it doesn't just stop there there's so much more that you know, there's so much more to come. And so that's why I think it's not so much that we sell, it's not so much that we celebrate the birth of Christ, the birth of Ishua on, you know, during this time, but it, but just looking like, like you know, I call him this basically looking to the Messiah and the King, looking looking to him looking to his coming looking to the fact that he took 
that he willingly took himself as the final sacrifice for, you know, for the restoration, like we were talking about, the restoration of, yes, the lost, you know, even the lost sheep of Israel, the house of Israel, but also to all the rest of the nation. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you made an important point. It, when we celebrate, like, Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, we're not celebrating the, we're not celebrating, yeah, he was born then. Like, it's it's not that. We're celebrating not only his birth, but everything he did right like the great man that he was so i think it's important during this christmas time that we don't just celebrate baby jesus right right as miraculous as his birth was being born of a virgin we should celebrate his birth his life his death burial resurrection and his eventual coming as the conquering king everything he has accomplished and has promised and will accomplish. Right. Yeah. And I think, yeah, yeah. And that's a very good point because when we look at the church, when we look at the church, right, we look at like the, the very first church. So uh, the church of acts that they very much, and granted a lot of them had been, with him during that time but the you know they very much it was it was the fact that christ was that christ was born yes but he was but he was resurrected uh, he was crucified re- crucified resurrected and he was coming again they did not and see this is just something else and like i said i don't want to get too much off topic but they constantly were were shouting about his shouting about that that he rose from the dead and that he was coming again it was the core of what made them go out and what made them endure persecution what made the you know what made what made peter and paul john all of them just go through just you know so much trial and anguish for the cause of Christ for the cause of Christ was because they knew that the, like I said, they knew he was born. They knew he, they knew he was crucified. They knew that he was resurrected and they knew without a doubt that he was coming again. Yep. I mean, you proved all the rest of the points correct at that point. Why doubt the man, right? Right. (laughs) Right. So, you know, I want to just—I said I just want to encourage anybody listening, um, man. Just don't, you know, don't only look one day of the year. Don't only look to the only look to the Messiah on December twenty-fifth or during Good Friday or during. Easter, like don't, but look to him every single day, every single moment, especially in those times that are the hardest. And you know, like we talked about these that four hundred years where there was just silence, and then you have the, then you have four hundred years later when that silence was broken 
by the cry you know, by the cry of a child, mm-hmm. right? And then you have thirty, you know, you have thirty-three years later, where that where where there's a that you know, I, I guess you could say that that you know uh, the man from Nazareth, you know, uh, the man from Galilee, hung on a cross, crying out, "God, of God, why have you forsaken me?" Then, you know, three days later, just and just in a total, just walks out of the tomb, just floors everybody. That is. Like I said, that is the Messiah that we follow. That is the King that we follow. Like you said, Brian, he is a yes. He is the Jewish Messiah, but he is we as non-Jews, as Gentiles, were were grafted in, mm-hmm. going back to the original covenant, right? To yep. the original covenant with God Abraham. There's no, you know, you said the the worst thing that we can do the worst thing that we can do is to 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 replace that covenant to say that god is done with the jewish people he's done with the nation of israel that he's made the church his new chosen it's, you know because there like i said it's it's not in it's not in scripture anywhere nope like I said, and so that's why I think it's it's really hard when you, and you know, it's really hard to hear it. It's hard to see it because there's this, like I said, there's this this disconnect. Yep. So many people that they that they don't that, and you know, granted, it's not it's not the problem is we've we've we we've had this system of christianity for so long that i think has like i said i think i said earlier that has taken out that has that has removed okay this is removed the jewishness from jesus that has yep. removed that has plant that people only know him as jesus they don't know him as the you know they don't know him as the messiah I, Yeshua, I'm sorry, who his that that name, his original, his given Hebrew name literally means salvation. Mm-hmm. So, with that, um, thank you guys. Girls, whoever's watching for watching or listening to this episode, and uh, Brian, do you want to pray this out, brother? Yeah. Here. Uh, ready? Yep. All right, Father, thank you for this time we've had together. Thank you for uh, us being able to discuss this, uh, the prophecy that foretold the amazing, miraculous birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May we, as Christians, Strive not to just remember him as baby Jesus, but to remember him as our suffering, dying, resurrected Savior who will come back as the conquering king of everything that we will all bow down to. We love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen.
All right, so we will see you all again. Maranatha and have a Merry Christmas. Maranatha and Merry Christmas.